<clears throat> Sorry, I'm just turning my ringer off. Oh, shoot, I got a new phone. I got to do that, too. I don't even know the deal with this thing. Uh, silent. Perfect. Silencio. Yeah, I got a super old phone. I got to do that, too. Silence it or get a new one? Well, probably both. <laughs> yeah, my phone's... Oh, I have the wrong mic on for you. Sign last leg. Idiot. Oh, there we go. Nice. Dude, I'm with you. And I keep getting emails like, go in now. You can get a phone for this. Like, basically, like, you've you've had it for two or three years. Like, you could trade it in now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I never do the, the trade-in thing. Because they essentially, I mean, you essentially end up paying for it. They just put it on a monthly, right, rather than, it's like well, I shouldn't say trade-in. Like, mine, I've just had mine, it's been three years or whatever. So if I just go, like, I'll just get a new phone for free. Yeah, but I believe they add that the cost of that phone amortized on your bill. So I think it's like fifteen dollars a month or something added to your bill that pays off the phone over the course of time. I don't hmm. know. I don't know about your plan specifically, but in general, I know that's how they handle that stuff from a financial perspective. I always just buy phones on Craigslist now. That's how cheap I am. Yeah, I'm trying. Like I feel like I always <laughs> just like I'm like, what's the cheapest phone you can give me? Is there an option for a free one? Like blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm always just like five iPhones behind. <laughs> I never know which one I have, but. These things are pretty rugged if the, you put a case in a, the little Gorilla Glass thing for the front. That's the move, man. 20 bucks saved me so many phones. I got a life-proof one. Yeah, that looks legit. That looks even more legit. Yeah. That's like the official legit. Mine's like the ghetto legit where you just like put a sticker on the front and like a $5 Amazon case, but it works really well. Yeah, and it does help to have those cases. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. not all about insurance all the time, but the phone case has definitely saved me a couple times. Oh, dude, I try my phone so much. And there's that place in U Village that um, – they always fix stuff for me. They're great. Nice. You break, I fix, I want to say, on the app. You break, I fix. <laughs> yeah, it's like a national franchise. <laughs> All right, fire it up, Matt. Good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. All this. What the? This is the podcast. Storing the tits. Storing the tits. Start. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha! The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Woo! The podcast episode 264. What's up with your boy, the Ted Smith? I'll be hosting this here podcast, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Uh, to the left of me, actually, he's to the right of me. He's always here unless he's somewhere on two wheels in Southeast Asia. He goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Mexican president announced sanctions against the podcast today after viral video surfaced of Cinco de Mayo featuring the bad boys of summer. President Trump responded with sanctions of his own, calling for a 15% tax on crude, aluminum, and zinc to begin next week. Shares fell just slightly, down one and a quarter. Will the boys be allowed back in Mexico, or will Ted's childhood dream of Girls Gone Wild Acapulco die forever? We'll have more at 6.30. God, I used to love those commercials, man. Girls Gone Wild, they were the best. (laughs) (laughs) All right, back there on the wheels of steel, getting the studio all set up. Matt Comer, the producer, MCTP. What's up, man? Yeah, starting with some nostalgia, huh? Girls Gone Wild infomercials. Yeah. Joe Francis. Shout out to my grandparents' basement. <laughs> I know. It's so sad you can remember that stuff. But yeah, those commercials. Uh, <laughs> what a yeah. business that guy got into. Yeah, I think he's he's out of prison now. I want to say he was in Florida. Those commercials, what else were you saying? Those commercials, uh, I used to like, remember the, like the phone ad ones? I remember BT Uncut. Oh, 3 to 4 a.m. Yeah. BT Uncut was great, man. It's the first place I saw the podcast co-host Uncut. HBO Real (laughs) Sex was a good one. Late night. Real Sex was good. Uh, Red Shoe Diaries. Was that Showtime or Cinemax? Oh, yeah. I remember that. Also, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, USA used to have USA up all night. 
and they have a show called Silk Stockings. Ooh, I don't wow. know that one, but I do remember one thing from late 90s, technically late 90s TV, but realistically you remember it from the early 2000s? What the? <laughs> oh, I thought you guys were going to do it. Makes it better. Anyway. I yeah, met them with four guys. guys. Oh, you did? Nice. Yeah. They came to our bar once, and I was like, this is awesome. I like how the commercial starts and ends with the guy being like, so what's up, man? <laughs> Ted, you met those guys. You also had your own Real Men of Genius at one point. Yeah, we did. Oh, I forgot about the Real Men of Genius commercials. And you're still a Miller Lite guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> you guys remember the lizards from Budweiser for a while? Not the frogs, but the lizards? Budweiser. Yes, yeah, so the frogs, frogs, and then it changed to those lizards, lizards with the weird eyes. Bud. Why? Sir. Yeah. Yeah, so the frogs started it, then it was the lizards, like, I think they're technically a uh, iguana. No, what are those lizards with the weird eyes? Like, I don't know. Going different directions? You know what I'm talking about? They're on trees, they have like the cool feet. It's got to be iguanas. Geckos? Is it iguanas? Shit, I don't know. I don't know what an iguana looks like. Sorry. I don't know what an iguana looks good. like. It's a giant lizard. It's the one you're going to look Does up. Does it look like the one from the commercial? I would almost guarantee it. Especially you said they're in trees. You know, in Florida, when it gets really cold, sometimes those iguanas fall out of the tree because they don't actually die, but they like slow down their heartbeat so much to like protect themselves from freezing over, and then they just fall. Huh. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. We got iguanas. I won't, I won't play. What else? When I was a kid, it was Spuds McKenzie. Dude, Spud McKenzie Party Favors was the number one CD that I listened to growing up. He had a CD? Apparently. It was like a weird like dog thing, right? Oh, I thought you were making a drug reference. No. Spud McKenzie <laughs> Party Favors? No, no, no. This is, a, this is an actual CD. I was like six. It's like an actual CD that my parents had. And uh, we'd listen to it because it had Johnny Be Good on it. And um, uh, The Wanderer was another like good old school song. I was like, essentially, my first taste of music was that, that, I don't know if you could even call it an album. It's like the original, now that's what I call music, basically. I remember Kudos, the, like the, the, the bar, right? Like the little uh, chocolate granola bar or whatever. They had it. Oh, oh, that's what you mean. I thought you meant the bar. Like Spuds, Mc, sorry, Spuds McKenzie's Party Faves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did I, I say like, favors? You said party favors. I was like, dude, like coming out strong with a drug reference. Uh, Matt, you're talking about the Kudos bars, and like there was oh, M and M's ones, yeah. or like the Mars ones. They released some promotional CD or whatever, and it had uh, that song "Kids in America," which I still love to this day. Dave Grohl covered it a while back, but uh, I don't remember who did it. I just remember it from the Kudos CD. Uh, they also had a "Presidents of the United States of America" song, but I just remember "Kids in America" bumping that one. I just remember Kudos being a disappointing soccer snack because they almost all had coconut in them, and I hated coconut. Mm. I just like orange slices. I'm about that Hot day. Too. They're nice and refreshing. Well, I mean, let's just get into it. I think we should start with a soccer update. Let's uh, do it. From Pub League. So this week was a uh, fun week. It was uh, maybe encouraged if you had an uh, adult beverage or two before you came, or maybe during if you had a uh, proper cup or whatever. What do they mean by A? Is there a size limit on A? Uh, so we were having a potluck afterwards. I'll put it to you this way. There was a lot of yellow cards and red cards handed out this week. I got cautioned often. Like as soon as I showed up, I got cautioned. We weren't even playing yet, but they were jello shots. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of fun. There was a goalie dressed up as in one of those T-Rex costumes and this and that. <laughs> so you're talking about snacks, right? So, uh, Saturday I went to a friend's engagement party, which... No gift needed. It was at a brewery, barbecue, tiramisu. I was like, all right. Wow. 
I'm down with that. Matt, you would have respected it. I had already kind of eaten before I got there. And, like, they brought out, like, this tray of tiramisu, right? And, like, one dude's eating it, and he, like, walks over to me. I go, how is that? He goes, it's great, man. And, I mean, I, I beelined right over, got a big old piece, and then it was just, like, I just, I was like, oh, Matt would respect this. Like, no, like, oh, I can't have any. Like, no, I'm having a piece of this. Absolutely. And then it just started a domino effect. One guy, <laughs> one guy was like, I was like, where's your rest of your piece? He's like, I gave it to my wife. I felt guilty. We were just like, eat your piece, man. <laughs> uh, shout out to Sea Pine Brewing. Uh, that's where we were down in Soto. They also have a uh, a Pilsner on tap, which I very much liked. You know, because sometimes you drink an IPAs, man. They're just too strong. You know I'm a Pilsner guy. Yeah, Pilsner. It comes in a mug. I was smiling. I told the guy, I go, I, I'm very happy it comes in the mug. And he goes, simple victories in life. And I was like, yeah, I feel more like a man. Uh, anyhow, so we go down there. And then, you know, it wasn't too late, but it was like eight-ish. I was like, I got to get home. And everybody's like, why? And I'm like, I got to steam shrimp. So I steamed up three pounds of shrimp, Maryland-style Old Bay beer. Uh, threw them in the fridge overnight. I figured, potluck, I'll bring the shrimp, blah, blah, blah. So we played the first game, and in between the games, I'm like, hey, I brought a bunch of steamed shrimp. And everybody's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. Number one, people were shocked they weren't frozen. And then they were like, there's no tails or like shells. I was like, no, you're good to go, man. I already did the hard part. And then I brought cocktail sauce, which... <laughs> I had two little plastic uh, carafes left over that you brought over for Super Bowl. From wasn't oh, that okay. Super Bowl? Yeah, you came yeah. Over? Those yeah, little for plastic the wings? for yeah. the wings. Yeah, those things were perfect. Clutch, right? Right. So then yeah. I, I put one pound per Ziploc bag. So then I put out a cup of cocktail sauce for like the the Premier guys because the Premier League plays before us, Pub League Premier. <laughs> Uh, and then I saved our shrimp because people were like, Ted, we don't want to eat shrimp in between games. I was like, good call. But then another girl. That's our, what I was going to say. I was like, yeah. that's a bold soccer pregame. I know. A low had one. Beer and shrimp. And he's like, dude, like I could taste that shrimp the whole second half. But then another girl on our team brought sangria. So then it was like, we are the bougie team now. We've got fresh shrimps. We got sangria. Oh, for sure. But it, it was a ton of fun. Now, Cobb. I want your honest opinion, but I want it tainted by the fact that we are very good friends. Okay. <laughs> I'll temper it. Everybody knows what an own goal looks like, right? The other team plays it wrong. All right, so hear me out. I send in a corner. The defender kind of looks the wrong way. It bounces off their shoulder, goes into the goal. I'm saying, I'm trying to use a new term called forced own goal, which I'm counting as a goal. Okay. Which way was the defender facing? Uh, I think they, like... Did it go off the back of his shoulder or the front of his shoulder? They were facing me, and then they kind of went this way, and it went in off that. So they almost, like, squared up to look at the, the other players and didn't stay... Was it called a goal or a handball? Oh, no, it was called a goal. Hmm. I ran to the half-line point. Half line. Was your intent... To bounce it off of his shoulder into the goal. All right, so here's the deal. Technically, it was cur- it was curving very nice, but it was not going to go in. And no, that was not my intent. I was just trying to put it in the spot about four feet from the goal. Well, oh, that's a tough one, man, because I love a corner kick goal. I'll, let me tell you. Like a that's one of the top, Dude, I literally only, only one was scored in all my years of soccer. Not by me, Jesus, but one kid on our team hit one clean in, and it was amazing. I still remember it to this day. I would have to I mean, I was a soccer referee, my first job. If I was the one writing the stat sheet, I would, man, Ted, I love you. I would probably I mark it technically as an assist. A first assist, but an assist 
mark it an own goal. He was the last man to touch the ball. I can't look. I'm not the judge and jury here. Okay. No, you're not. I mean, I, I you were right to celebrate and have some shrimp, you know, a little bit of tiramisu and some <laughs> some sangria. But I can't. You know, you like we want to win this thing right. You know what I mean? You want to come out of the season clean. Well, what made it even worse is Scott, our keeper, in the first game. So now, uh, like the one guy I talk about, a loke, right? Like some people at his work listen to this podcast, so they put two and <laughs> two up? together. Right, so now it's become like a thing. The whole team's like, "We got to get you to score this goal." Yeah. Right. So it's become like a running joke, except that our keeper out of nowhere, on a corner, runs up and heads in a heads in a goal for us. And Hell then, yeah! But then it looks just like, dude. He's like, the keeper scoring goals now. You can't score one. <laughs> and I mean, it's awful. And then, in all fairness, you've scored one last week. It just didn't count. Right. Well, that's, and you had one that like you're, you the, you know the man. tip is in. Well, that's the other thing. Like my coach John is like, he goes, man, for somebody that technically doesn't have a goal, you're putting some in the back of the net. Yeah. And then the other problem is, man, they gave me some great service, but uh, I realized when I'm playing striker, uh, a couple beverages in me. Like a couple times, I turned and just kicked it, and then was like, Jesus, I'm only at like halfway. Like I can't score from out here. <laughs> so I was like, calm. Everybody's like, watching range right, finders from the, just like, the calm, arm. Calm down, man. Like chill out. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So your coach said. It wasn't technically a goal. John is trying to say, well, he's on my side. He's trying to score this as a goal. I think everybody else knows technically it's not. He's trying to score this, what happened this weekend, as a goal. Yes. Man, because I'm a hockey fan, and especially in the playoffs, although I saw uh, the Blues goalie give up a couple clean ones, but uh, it's, it's a strategy to just throw the puck in the front of the net and hope for a deflection. Like, that's, that's how you have to get it by goalies at that level a lot of times. And it goes to the person that it, that it was off the last time. Like, if it deflects off a guy on your team's stick, he'll get the goal. But if it deflects off a defender's stick or skate, which happens a lot, it goes to the guy that shot it. See? Hockey rules, boys. You talking about that clean one that went, like, over V on the backside? Yeah, this weekend? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude. I don't want to swear. I don't but know if you said the C or the I K, said but uh, yeah, I we're, said fuck. Uh, yeah, it's Ted's podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we, we're work, we work it. here. It's been F. Right, well, then fucking hell, man. That oh, was a right? great goal. <laughs> <laughs> sure was. Like That was unreal. And the one the it guy swatted out. Too. Did you see that one? Yeah. That was like basically in and the guy, ooh. Yeah. Wow. Was... Well, Ted, how many games do you have left? This is it. Sunday, we have semifinals and then Woo! the final if we make it. Woo! Wait, but, both games are on the same day if you make correct. it? Correct. Wow. But here's the other Now's problem. Now's the time to come alive, baby. It's playoffs. But I think I got to do, I got to take one for the team because Scott, the keeper, is out of town. Playoff Ted. Ooh. I think playoff Ted's got to go behind in between the post again. That doesn't negate you scoring a goal. I feel like playoff Ted wears tape on the nipples. He double knots his shoes and he gets goals. Here's my thing. <laughs> I want to like I haven't played keeper in a while. So I don't know it could have worked. I'm a little it nervous, worked. but I want to I want to make sure that we're like. And I've heard public always ends in a shootout because everybody's so worried about playing defense. Like nobody. So I'm hoping it goes to shootout, and then you need the keeper to come up and put one in. Yep. Oh man. What's yeah. your, what's your move in the shootout? Well, I can't say that here. That okay, would give some other got, team. But you have you have I have, a, I have a spot I'm going to. Okay, I like yeah. that. Yeah, and it depends. A lot of it, you know. Well, no, we. I don't. Next week we can talk through the dynamics of a shootout. We don't want to give anything away. Yes. Also, I think next week, uh, if people, well, I told, I told, I said, man, Alok, I was like, he's a fun dude. He can chat. I was like, I might just bring him in to give kind of a different view on it. That'd be cool. Yeah, because he was like, yeah, you give your view, but that's your view. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> season recap. Does some color commentary on the season. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, that's the other problem. It's like when he's playing center mid and I'm up front, like he gave me some great service and I just couldn't convert. So It's hard to convert, but I'm not good at that either. Like I'm a terrible forward. You know, that's why I rarely, yeah. rarely play up there. It's tough to like turn on one. Some guys just have that skill, man. To turn on one and put it in, like more of a distributor. Yeah. I am proud to say, though, uh, Sunday after our games and the, the, the season ends, we have a uh, end-of-the-year party, and there's some awards. I'm up for uh, up for two. Ooh, you, can you, you say which ones? It. You got to seal it. What's that? Can you say which ones? No, I don't want to jinx it. All right, fair enough. Yeah, dude, you, and you got two games left to seal it, you know? Yes. That MVP trophy's still out there. That's all I'm saying. Like, stay in the hunt, man. Yeah, and like... There's another dude I know, Kyle, that plays in the other league, and he was like, I was like, yeah, you know, like, like it's pub league, but they're still like, man, I want to win this thing. And he's like, ah, and you get to drink out of the cup. I'm like, ah, I need oh. to drink out of that cup. Oh. Wow. I've drank out of other teams' cups. They've allowed me to have a sip, but I'm like, this would be a team I'm on winning a cup. Yep, life goal of mine is to hoist the Stanley Cup. I don't know how or when, but we'll see. I have a buddy that did it. See, that's You're the thing. You're not supposed so, to hoist. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people, okay, I've heard both things. I've seen many photos of fans holding it, but I hear from hardcore NFL fans who are not even supposed to touch it. Well, it's the NHL. Uh, yeah, that's you're definitely saying. not supposed to hoist it unless you've won it. It is when it's around, you're not supposed to touch it. And then uh, basically, my buddy, it was at a minor league hockey game, and it was kind of like it was already in the third period, and he just decided he was fine getting kicked out. And he was like, I'm going to do it. And everybody's like, You're not going to do it. But yeah, he crossed the line, he picked it up. Like they rushed. Did you get a photo? So, no. Because the guy that was supposed to take the photo didn't take it. Oh, so then everybody is just like, they're just like, dude, like, why would you pick that guy to take? Like, we were all there. Why didn't... Like, <laughs> yeah. So wow. then, but of course he gets thrown out, but he's like, oh, it's fine. Like, I have that story. But yeah, like, that's a big no-no is to touch it. So like, him hoisting it, they were like, what? I'll accept the consequences. Yeah. If you play in the NHL, you'll never lay a finger on that thing until you win it. Right. That's fair. You know what? I'll do that with Pub League. I'm not touching that cup unless I can hoist it. That's fair. Well, Good two games to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's big time. And we all know what the matchups are going to be. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, it is very fun, though. Also, afterwards, we went over to Market Arms, had a couple beers, a little more food there. It's a good spot. They kind of made fun of me because I brought all the shrimp. And then we got there, and I was like, I'll take a, the appetizer of fried shrimp. They're like, dude, <laughs> what's with you with the shrimp? Uh, and then I did relay the story. Somebody was like, I really like this bar. And I go, let me tell you something about eating this bar. One of the best meals of my life in this bar. Now, no offense. Had nothing to do with the meal. Just had to do with the fact it was hot. And Cobb and I had just returned from Burning Man. I just like get. I just remember sitting there. And we, then we had to go clean out the van and all that nonsense. But just sitting there getting like a cold beer off draft and like ordering hot food to Seriously, order. Man. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, it made, definitely made you appreciate the convenience. That's Even when I drive by there, that's the meal I always think of. I'm just like, man, love that place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was pretty yeah, cool. Really good food. Uh, sticking with soccer a little bit, did you guys see today the uh, the United States women's national team? No. Oh, God, yeah, I did. Matt, did you not see what happened? Jesus, that nutmeg too? Nope. Woo. So they played Thailand, and they were supposed to win this game. Thailand's not that good. The United States is very good. But they beat them 13 Crushed. to nothing. Whoa. Crushed Thailand. Yes. Literally, one of the women was crying. And um, what's that chick, the really cute chick with the dark hair, Morgan? Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan was, like, hugging the chick from the other team. Wow. There was an absurd nutmeg, too. Like, it was, yeah. It, mm. All right, so here's the discussion, right? Like, I, shame was brought to families. <laughs> straight up. 
Yeah. There was. <laughs> That's brutal. Dude, I, I mean, Matt, you got to understand. It was like, what was it, like 3 nothing at halftime? And then they came out in the second half and scored, I want to say, four goals in five minutes. Bloodbath. What? Right. That and doesn't it happen was in soccer. Bloodbath. I don't care what level of soccer it is or how mismatched it is. That's insane. The, they set the record today for the most goals ever yeah. in, a world, in a women's World Cup game. And this was by one team. Wow. That was a bloodbath. Yeah. But do you think at a certain, like, I'm never a fan of calling them off. Like, you got to beat somebody's team. But, like, at a certain point, do you just dribble to the corner flag or you just go, oh, we're better. They can't. Do I don't they know play you differential? They do. Not pour it on. Then pour it on. Yeah. Yep. I hate to be that I guy, know. but just at, what at that is. point, you don't, you don't know if you're going to need those goals. Just pour it on. I hate to say it, because in any time when you don't play the differential, no way. Like, you're up by three, you're good. Have Chill. Some class. Let people, you yeah, have some class. Pretend like you've been there before. I think a class. Yeah, she gave she gave her a hug, you yeah, know, like World Cup. Hey, here you go. Sorry about this, but we got to do it. We got other yeah. games. And part of it too against. is I think it just shows the disparity between the programs, right? Like some of these countries, it's not even a full time gig for the coaches or nothing for the women's teams. Yeah. Plus, I mean, yeah, the U.S. women uh, are and have been previously like just I mean they're world class athletes across the board. Yeah, and they train all the time. You know, dominant. All right, stick with sports. Uh, so the NBA Finals are going on. Yeah, who you got in that? You know, I'm cheering for the Warriors. Okay. Yeah. Here's part of the reason I'm cheering for the Warriors. Number one, I, all right, so with the addition of Kevin Durant and I guess now DeMarcus Cousins, right, they are a super team. But for the first couple of years, like that first championship they won, like they drafted Curry, right? Like they had Tom, Tom, right? Like. Right, so when everybody's like, oh, they have all these guys, it's like, right, but they brought that team together. They drafted Draymond Green, too, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, most of their big dudes were already there. Now, Kevin Durant showed up, and that obviously was an extra bonus, but I I just like the Warriors. I think it's cool. I know people are tired of seeing dynasties. And, And honestly, you know, I like both these teams. I don't care. I like Drake. Like... You know, I will say this. I was in a bar last. Everybody's just cheering for Toronto. So I, just the asshole in me, I guess. I was just like, all right, well, let's cheer for the Warriors. Yeah. And there's time a, too. Quinn Cook played for three years at DeMatha. Then he graduated from Oak Hill, but he plays for the Warriors. That's a a good enough reason. To get kicked out of DeMatha? No, he just went to Oak Hill for his senior year. Wow. Yeah. Is that considered disrespectful to, um, what do they call it, the Stags? Uh. Do the stags look kindly upon that kind of behavior? Or you know, is it we not mentioned that he played ball at the school. Okay. <laughs> you make it to the league, we'll take credit. Yeah, I mean, right. Like... Well, it's formative years, man. <laughs> <laughs> so they would have the option to transfer to Oak Hill if it wasn't for our program. <laughs> well, also, I mean, look, we're a private school. So there's people that have definitely transferred over in their junior year to our school. Where, So it's like... Yeah, I would. We would preferred he would have stayed a stag, but you know, at a certain point, Fair you can enough. only get you can only get so mad. Plus, then he, I think he went to Duke. He kind of fell oh, off, right? Oh, he oh, left Dematha, oh. then played at Duke. So he really it's fell off easy my radar. Way to be hated, but it's the only Dematha tie we have, so we're using it. <laughs> uh, all right, so Kevin Kevin Durant, he gets super hurt. He's out. Last night he gets okay to play. They're down three one in the series. He blows out his Achilles. Right, it looked awful. Did you see the slow mo? Oh, is yeah. that what it is? He blew out. I heard, just heard he was re-injured. It, I didn't know he. Uh, blew, I mean, he they, tore his Achilles. You can see you his can calf s- muscle like ripple like, up like his leg up. towards his knee. Oh God! So he straight. You just fully tore his. Oh Jesus! Ugh. How old is he? Twenty eight. Is he older? 
28 might be right. That's what that classic injury that I was talking about with the, our mutual friend, Ted. Wow, that's what happened? I did not know that. I thought it... I see you going for the keyboard. I'm not sure you want to watch this. He's 30. He's 30. He's 30? Uh, what? Right, so no, when, he heard it, when he heard it the first time, uh, a couple series ago, everybody's like, dude, that's an Achilles. And it's like, no, it's just a calf injury, this or that. So here's my point, is that... <laughs> Kevin Durant hasn't been playing, right? Now, I like Kevin Durant, right? He's a PG County guy. Love him. But everybody kind of gave him crap, and they were like, oh, the Warriors better without Durant. Like, they look like they're having more fun. Now, this whole time, Kevin Durant's still on the team. Like, he's still a teammate. Like, they all love him and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I almost feel like like a lot of sports media and stuff almost, like, goaded him into coming back maybe too soon. Like, he felt like he had to prove something. RG3. So that's the thing. The the GM, or he's not the GM. Maybe it's the president, president of basketball, basketball operations. He was crying last night yeah. Cobb, at his press conference and was like, "It was a mutual decision." He's like, "But if anybody needs to be blamed, I get how the world works. Like, blame me. Like, I'm the president of the. I make the operations decisions." Dude, that was watching that happen. RG three was one of the saddest moments in sports that I've ever seen. How they just put him back in when he wasn't ready. To, you right, know, but RG three when he was playing in Washington, I think that was conscious on Washington to put him back in. Like. Yeah, I, I don't know what. So a couple questions. Number one, I don't know what that line is between letting the player decide and letting the 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 doctors decide, right? Because this is what happened to Kawhi Leonard. That's fair. That's fair. While he's in Toronto, is because San San Antonio's doctors were like, "You're good to play," and he's like, "No, something's messed up. Like I can't play right now. Stop clearing me." So that's how that fizzled out. So then you watch this with Durant, and I'm just amazed. People are like blaming Kevin Durant, like he came back too soon, or blaming uh, the Warriors for clearing him. And I'm like. Well, you guys all basically were calling him out and saying he was a poor teammate and he didn't care. Well, and in all fairness, I mean, depending on how deep you want to go into the, if you want to set the politics aside and just look at the basic anatomy of this situation, you know, we're talking about like the class, 85% of that injury happens to men in that age range. And it's because that muscle is still strong, but the tendon, the Achilles starts to weaken and the muscle doesn't weaken until you're like 37, 38, 39. So you have a really strong muscle pulling on a really weak and aging tendon. I mean, that happens all the time. And so, you know, like that's a flaw of the I have human a buddy going body. through it right now. Yeah, that's a, and we had a mutual friend that it happened to. I told yeah. this story. I don't think I've told on here, but we had a mutual friend that happened to, and my dad's a physical therapist, and I told him that happened. He's sitting there reading the paper, and he didn't even look up. He was like, male between uh, 30 and 37? And I was like, yeah, how'd you know that? And he f- changes pages in the paper, doesn't even look up. He's just like, classic. <laughs> like, Damn, dude. So, yeah, man. I mean, that's I, – I hear you. I think, you know – from a biological standpoint, that's just a flaw of the human body. From should he have gone back in or not? Yeah, it's tough to say if the player should decide or the, you know, or the the management. Who I, I assume all three of them said it was okay. The doctor said it was okay. Management. That's he, what it sounded like in that interview. Yeah, right. That's what I would think too, right? Because Kevin Durant also like he can leave after this year. Like now, if he tore that Achilles the way it appears, like he's not going to play basketball for almost a year. Right, he'd be lucky if he's playing by the playoffs next year. I think. Yeah, he'd be lucky if he's walking in the next two months. Right. So, I mean that that's the thing. I feel like it, it was a cho- so like I think they all had a choice, but I don't know. I, I'm just like there's part of me that's like, God, man, you know, somebody rushed him back. He shouldn't be hurt. But it's like if Kevin Durant said, "Hey, I want to help the team right now. We're down three one. Let's risk it." Yeah, and everything's you know everything's he's crystal not a college, clear. He's not a college kid, right? He's a paid professional athlete. Yep. 
And everything's crystal clear in retrospect. So, you know, on the flip side, if they had won the championship, that, you know, that game they won, or I don't know if they won that game or not, but. Oh, and he was on fire, dude. He was on pace to drop like 40 points. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying is everyone would be like, yeah, we knew we should have put him back in. It was totally fine. And any championship caliber pursuit, you know, whether you talk about NASCAR, Formula One, um, you know, basketball, football, hockey, whatever, like. Pub League. You know, yeah, pub, pub league this Sunday. Get out there. I don't want to say what field it's at, but, um, you know, you're going to have to push the line a little. Like, in terms of, you know, the reason that sports are so compelling to watch is because the athletes are right on their edge between their skill set and total chaos. You know, like NASCAR, like they're pushing that car as hard as they absolutely can. Same with Formula One, like those drivers are pushing, pushing, pushing for every little inch. Same with basketball, football, hockey. And so, you know, sometimes sometimes you get burned and sometimes like they push it right up to that line and they go beyond what anyone thought was possible. And so, I mean, that's what makes it exciting is that that line between chaos and order. So I don't know. What do you think they should have done, Ted? I, I mean, honestly, I think they all decided I'm fine with it. Yeah. Like, I feel bad for Kevin Durant, but also, like, you know, if Kevin Durant's a tough dude. If that's the way he wanted to go out and was like, screw it, I don't care. I want to help this team win now. Like, I'm, he's good. Look, Kevin Durant is so good and plays at such a high level. Like, he could sit out a whole year. He's still going to get that monster contract from somebody. Yeah. And, he, and he's and been he's in the 30. league long enough to know what he's doing. You know, like, yeah. he knows his body. You got to let the man decide, I would say. He's a professional. Maybe if he's like, yeah, like you said, a college kid or something. Maybe it's that decision's not in his hands, but yeah. And I think honestly, I think somebody you know with a concussion holding them out's a different ball game, right? Right, because they're not thinking straight. But I mean, he's been sitting around for four weeks, like asking to get it. So I'm like, I'm like, I- I'm cool with it. Yeah. The second half, same like boxing, throwing in the towel. You know, that yeah. should be the corner man's choice, right? So all right, so there's a, a famous boxer that used to be a champion named Zab Judah. He's 40 now. He got really, really hurt this weekend in a fight. And that's one of those things where I go, on the flip side, I go, that promoter should not be putting him in a fight. Like, yeah. Zab, Zab has been boxing way too long. Like, you put him up against a young guy. And he, I mean, he was in the hospital for days. So I, I hear you. And my, my counterpoint will not be popular. But um, what are you going to tell that guy and his family? No, you can't do the, the thing you do for a living anymore, even though you want to. And you, you feel you're capable and whatever. So it's, it's tough. I, I'm not saying he should have been in that fight either. But what I'm saying is... The flip side is also tough to have that conversation with the man and say, like, look, you're not going to be able to put food on the table because I won't let you do this to yourself. And maybe somebody needs to step up and have that conversation. But, you know, I think it's important to put forward the alternative case in any of these situations, which is like you're telling the man he can't, you know, do his living anymore. I don't know what you think about that. I, I just think in combat sports it's different. Those guys can die. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not that people haven't been seriously injured on a football field or something, but like like you're you're dealing with with especially with boxing, with exclusively blows to the body and head. Yeah. Like that, MMA, that guy's the same. But boxing It yeah. is. But at least in MMA, when you get knocked down, somebody can jump on you and finish you. Yeah, or right? snap whereas, your leg or something. Where, well, right. I'm just Instead saying, of kill, yeah, I think it's yeah. more humane. Whereas in boxing, you yep. get an you get an eight count, you can have a concussion, but if you could stand up and kinda Whatever. I mean, like, I've had plenty of concussions. I, I've been in that situation where it's like, I didn't even know you were concussed. Like, yeah, either did, really did I. Yeah, I agree with you. instincts just take over. Yeah, I agree with you. Boxing's worse. Yeah, so uh, that's so. why I think combat sports are a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what do you tell Zab Judah? I don't know. Personal mm-hmm. appearances, a gym, like, d- did we save some? I mean, you're right. I would feel bad, but I'm just saying, I, I just don't know that I could hire a, a, an older boxer anymore. 
Well, yeah, and I think um, in terms of a, a professional and moral dilemma, the UFC went through the same thing with uh, the Iceman, Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell. Yeah, so he apparently is pretty punch drunk. They don't have him do a lot of interviews now um, because he was— you know, this was MMA now, I would say, is much more technical than it was. But he was a brawler, man. I mean, just straight up like a like a I, I'm not dismissing his talent by this. But at the time, the era was more of like a, a, a bar bar room grudge match. Like dudes would slug it out. And he did not go to the ground. That was his whole thing. Yeah. He, he was impossible to take down and he threw bombs. But he mm-hmm. also ate some. Yeah, he ate some big bombs from right. some serious names. And so anyway, at a certain point. They wouldn't let him do appearances for the UFC because he was punch drunk, and they wouldn't sign him to any fights. So then what did you have him do? Well, he went out, and he basically wanted to do his own promotion, him and Tito Ortiz. And so they had a fight and hyped it and whatever, and it was, you know, frankly kind of sad to watch. Uh, I just saw the highlights. but And so, yeah, something like that. I would say there that the UFC made the right decision. Um, but it's still, yeah, it's a touchy area that everybody has to, you know, come to some sort of a, I mean... Yeah, there's no no black and white on it. Yeah. The other thing I want to say about Kevin Durant is after he gets injured, the fans in Toronto boo him or cheered. Wow. Which classless. All right. I I'm I tend to agree with that, right? Like I remember when the Eagles fans cheered Michael Irvin getting injured. I don't even like Michael Irvin. The Eagles player. fans are kind of their own thing though. In all right, fans. but I mean this has happened before. I also sure. think while it's classless, like I this will be very unpopular, but I, I don't know that they're cheering that he got hurt. I think they're more just cheering that they don't have to deal with Kevin Durant anymore. And I also yeah. wonder at a certain point, uh, and I get it, and, and shout out to all the sports dudes that can make money just kind of arguing about stuff every day on TV. And I get it. That's their jobs. But I feel like we've gotten people so worked up into this stuff. Like I heard Kevin Durant in, in, in pregame, if he made a bucket, they would boo. If he missed one, they would cheer. So, I mean, I feel like we've, we, we try to amp fans up to, like, this is the most important thing in your life is to be at this. But then we get mad when they kind of cross the line and are like, like, all right, well, we've worked them into this frenzy. You've convinced them that this is so important to your city and to them. Well, they can't play in the fucking game. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I can fathom where it came from. Yeah. And here's the other thing, you know. We don't know why they were cheering. Because if they boo, it also kind of looks like they're booing him. And if they're cheering, and like, the, hey, you played a good game, it also sounds like well, they're cheering what happened. You know what I mean? There There's not really a, a lot they can do. There was a much less viral cl- clip that I saw. The cheers were, like, in the moment while he's down or whatever, and they probably didn't know the severity. As he was being helped off, he got a standing O, and people were chanting KD for him. Right. Like when they realized what was going on. But when it happened, that initial reaction, exactly, they're worked up into a frenzy. And, yeah, they were probably cheering because they don't have to deal with him anymore. And they've been, you know, villainizing him the the whole time leading up to this. I didn't hear that story from fake news over here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm defending the fans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, it's tough. Yeah, and Philly fans are definitely their own thing. But but. it's not just Philly. It happened like a couple years ago in a hockey game. What was it? Somebody left the Islanders or something. Then he came back and he took a vicious hit and they cheered. Like Hockey I, fans are animals. Right. I mean, that's something too. It's like. <laughs> got, got nothing on that one. <laughs> I mean, Thrill always says this to me sometimes. Because like, the older I get, I still love sports. It just, it affects my day to day less. Yeah. 
Right, and ask cop. Every time you come over, like I'm watching something. Yeah. And I have a rooting interest. You're in the cricket now. Right. Kings Eleven Punjab loses. I'm bummed, but it's not like it's not gonna ruin my whole day, right? I told you I was hyping that Uber driver. You got my text, right? Yeah. Did Super you tell Kings. him about Chris Gale having a rough morning for the yeah. West Indies? Yeah. By the way, I'll get back to this, but side note, uh ICC World Cup of cricket. Let's not do it in England and Wales. They keep, every match keeps getting abandoned because of rain. It's like, <laughs> Come what are on, we people. Do, what are we doing? <laughs> right? We have India, Sri Lanka. You should write him a letter. Right? Like, we have all these countries where it's nice and warm right now. What? Cup? <laughs> oh. For, oh yeah. uh, no, so I'm just saying, I think the fans sometimes, we get them so worked up, like, yeah, I, I don't. I think it was a poor choice out of some people, but I, I'm not going to say all Toronto fans are bad fans or NBA fans overall are bad. Well, yeah, and there's two, you know, God, it always... Every conversation we get into depends on how deep into the wormhole you want to go. But there's two interests that are aligned against what we're saying, which is one, you know, rabid fans buy more jerseys and tickets, right? So it's in the team's interest to get them all hyped up. And two, from a government perspective, you know, you want the population worried about stuff that frankly doesn't matter. And so, you know, stuff that doesn't matter relative to their lives. And so it's a convenient distraction. It's an entertainment product ultimately. And so um, I think it's in a lot of people's interest for people to really care about sports. And I like sports. I like playing them. I somewhat like watching them. But that's the other – thanks, man. That's the other weird part that no one really wants to talk about is that, like, there's – you know, we talk politics on here a decent amount, and we don't really need to. But there's just some crazy stuff going on that no one talks about. You know, like it's all yeah. all the news right now is like, you know, Raptors and uh, and Stanley Cup stuff. So I don't know, man. Weapons of mass distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Good shout. I don't remember where I heard that term, but I like it. Meanwhile, we're getting banned in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Where do you hear that story? Where do you hear the truth? Right, right here. here. Right here. Podcast. Right now. <laughs> Speaking of truth, let's hear some emails. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I faked our emails this week. Let's see what the people have to say. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, Work the fans up into a frenzy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should write us a fake email. Uh, much love to the greatest podcast in all the land. All, all the, the land. land. On par with the mega cast and the mix cast. I have to give huge props to Matt for motivating me to get into shape. I'm down 20 to 25 pounds yeah. since October. And now I'm running. My least favorite thing ever. To the cop topic. I love the smell of... 6010 welding rod. It brings me back to my college days before life got in the way. Anyway, much love, guys. Justin. That's a pretty good one. That's a good, like, obscure, weird smell yeah. in terms of the candles we were talking about. That's your Oh, run. yeah. I thought of another one. I almost emailed in because I always think of answers to the cop topic afterwards. Uh-huh. But yeah, just, uh, I don't, well, <laughs> God damn it. I don't know. Sometimes you just catch a whiff of your own taint, uh, just like from your hand or whatever. And yeah, it's usually more satisfying than I would care to admit publicly, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. (laughs) Next email. Stop looking at each other, guys. I was waiting for Ted to say something. I'm good on this one. All right. Uh, back a few episodes, Ted talked about Korean fried chicken, which, by the way, is freaking delicious. But oh, also, by the way, there were, I think it was Eater Seattle put out a list of best fried chicken joints in and out around Seattle. Uh, Stars in the Sky, number two. Mm. Oh, Christ. Daniel? You know what? That might have just been the order. I don't know if they're ranking it number two. <laughs> All right. Well. Yeah. 
I just made the list. It. Made the list. It's on the list. Uh, <clears throat> which, by the way, is friggin' delicious. But I also tried some new food recently. Cambodian. Oh my god, I'm a little mad I'm only just finding this goodness. If you ever had Thai or Vietnamese, it's kind of similar. But Cambodian has their own spice mix that is so good. I want to go back again and again. So if you've ever seen a Khmer Cambodian, uh, go try it. So good. Yeah, I've been to Cambodia. Their food is super legit. But I couldn't name a, a single dish for you. But it is right between Thailand and Vietnam, so that makes sense that it's a little mix of both. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, Cobb, DQ is totally on the east side. Woodenville, Juanita, Redmond. I mean, they're no longer in downtown Bellevue, but come on. They're still in Factoria. All right, I don't know where the one is in Factoria. Technically, it's Eastgate. I know the Juanita one. Oh, Eastgate? Yeah, Yeah, okay. Right off the freeway. Yep. Um, Yeah, okay. So I know that one. Woodenville? Yeah, there is. Oh. Yeah, right off, uh, what's it called? I'm thinking of Wendy's. When you come back from Monroe. I've stopped on that blizz- gotten blizzard there once or twice. Oh, might dude, be that little one right the, off the freeway. Yeah, yeah, yeah it might yeah. be by, I don't know. If they're right off the freeway by the Home Depot. My sister, I'm not going to say, but she works in that area. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, greetings, gentlemen. Uh, I'm sure I'm not the first person to mention this, but Cobb said something in the last episode, episode 263, that reminded me of a song lyric. It's from the Lumineers' Stubborn Love. And the line is, the opposite of love is indifferent. <clears throat> the opposite of love is indifference. The song is a bittersweet favorite of, my, of mine, mainly because it got me through a rough patch my wife and I were having when I was deep in my alcohol addiction. I used to tear up to the music video, and I'm not a crier. Video features a woman taking her daughter uh, and leaving the father, something I feared constantly because I kept choosing booze over my family. Long story short, it's all good now, but I wanted to ask the crew is there a song you got uh, way more out of because of something in your life? <laughs> Keep up the good work and LARP on. Uh, his name's on here, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, Linwood Washington. Uh, man, I don't know. I feel, like I, I feel like with music, I'm kind of flighty. Like I go back and forth between like, like songs that really pump me up and I really like. Dude, I can buy you a little time. Uh, For me, I would say, uh, hell yes. There's been more, you know, experience changes perspective. And I would say there's at least 15 songs that I hear now in a totally different light than when I originally heard them. And the big thing for me was starting to read the lyrics. But one that comes to mind immediately is uh, Landslide, CV Nicks. Hmm. Great song. Didn't really understand at the time. And, um, don't understand when I first heard it. So, yeah, I would say over time, in the same way that if you read a book five years later, it's different. You get different things out of it, and it's different because of your current life situation. You know, in some respects, I would say the art, I would say art in general is reflecting to you what you're kind of putting out, sort of. So, I don't know, it reflects yourself back to you. And actually, life kind of is like that, too. So, yeah, I would say there's a bunch of songs that are that are totally different and can be very emotional because ultimately if you listen to a song and you've experienced what the person is experiencing, I, I don't know about for you guys, but for me, um, if I can feel what they were feeling when they wrote the song, I like the song regardless of genre. And to feel what they were feeling, you have to have been through something similar. And so, yeah, I would say the, like the most relatable songs you know, have changed over time. 
Yeah, I would say for me, there's more just some songs that just remind me of a certain time and place. So if it's like a death thing, I have a tr- I have trouble listening to that song. Like I forget, there's one Chili Peppers song that I just can't hear because I remember just like when it came out, like I remember finding out my grandma had actually died. It was like one of the first songs I heard on the radio. So I'm just like, oh, I hate that song. Yeah, some songs they play at funerals are like that. There's one that still oh, makes Jesus. my stomach sick. Yeah, and Catholics, pick one. <laughs> the Ave Maria is played at funerals, but some people play them at weddings too. So like they played it at my grandma's funeral, and then the, my sister-in-law had to play it at, our, at my brother's wedding. And like half the Smiths are crying. Yeah. Ave Maria. God, that song gets me every time. Let's just stop it. And it's not a Christmas song either, Catholics. Yeah. I don't even want to say the song that stops me every time, just in case someone at some point sneaks up on me and plays it. But yeah, I feel you, man. Some songs just turn your stomach. Uh, yeah, a lot of Slipknot songs have been with me in my darkest times lately. Recently, that new single, Unsainted, is just, yeah, kicks ass and, uh, yeah, has been, well, god damn it. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Um, and then, but Everything Ends got me through a lot in high school and I've revisited it at dark times in my adult life. There's a couple lines in particular in there that really it's just like oof and it's just got a an angry you know aggressive background to it that usually resonates with me emotionally um uh lost my mind by woodshed's a really good one and yeah those are the first few that come to mind word also yeah. frozen fear thanks uh appreciate you recommending cause popcorn to people i saw that in the ps uh What's up to the greatest podcast in all the land? All the land. You spoke of what makes someone more American than those living in the city. Oh, yeah. We were talking about how you were saying that- These people from like small towns, it's like, well, I'm real American. So I'm not a real American as I live in the city? Yeah. Uh, My opinion on this isn't so much more American, but the fact that the taxes benefit the larger cities so much more than small towns. It's frustrating when you live in small towns and constantly get hit with taxes and laws that make much more sense in the city as- uh, in the cities as to small towns and more country-type people. LARP on. Yeah, I mean, I, I get where he's coming from, but I, I, I don't think that goes to the point of, like, I don't understand just because you live in a smaller town, why, you, why not him specifically, why they feel like they're more American than I am. Yeah, I would say... Like, this is real USA. Like, well, the bulk of real USA lives in major cities. <laughs> yeah, and... Well, yeah, I would say in the state of Washington, I'm particularly sensitive to his concern, especially if he lives in eastern Washington, because all the decision making and a huge amount of the state spending happens on this side of the mountains. But on the federal level, I think a lot of those small towns wouldn't exist without federal spending. You know, things like freeways, highways, bypasses, bridges, tunnels, et cetera, that make it so your town geographically can exist and not have to be accessed by wagon train Railroads as well, subsidies for those and stuff going through small towns. But so I, I totally feel the, <clears throat> I feel the argument on a tax basis. Although I would also say I don't know that that makes somebody more American. I definitely would be uh, jaded and be like you know pissed about it. But I don't know that that has to do with your Americanness. I mean, some of it's also just the numbers game, right? If you have, yeah, we pay taxes too, dog. Well, I'm just saying if you have five kids, right, and two of them want to do something, but it's better for three of them to go to this thing. Like, well, guess what? Two of them got to suck it up and go with all five of the kids. Cause you're all kids. You know, like I, I get where he's coming from. He's got a valid point, but also like some of these state laws are just state laws because 
for the you know what they think they're doing for the good of the bulk of people. Yeah, I'm I'm sympathetic to it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm not not saying I'm not. Yeah, I've, I <clears throat> yeah in the state of Washington in particular, I totally hear him. Although I don't know what what it has to do with being American, but I certainly would be frustrated if all my tax dollars were going to people who didn't really you know because yeah the other side of the state just gets ignored. On yeah, a federal think, level, who knows what the hell they're spending all that money on? Yeah, and I think honestly, I think I think this country is getting to a serious point where we've got to look at some serious questions, right? Like, do you like can all fifty states stay together? Cascadia, bro, you right? Know where like, I'm at. Do, is the electoral electoral college still valid? Like, is that something we should be using? You know what I mean? Like, I, I we have these questions, right? Because it's like, is the Federal Reserve system still valid? Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I'll sit here and be like, yeah, I, capitalism to me is flawed. But, oh, yeah. But people don't want to hear that, right? It's the American dream that you're going you're gonna to make all this money and this and that. Like, so, I mean, I, I think we're at, a very, we're at a very specific point, especially specifically in American history. We got to ask some questions and figure out what we want. Yeah. It's also, yeah, I don't know. That's too depressing. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. There's a lot of, lot of that out there. <laughs> Uh, what's up, boys? I want to start by saying I didn't mean to throw that much shade. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be a dick, uh, except to that punch big. <laughs> Jesus. I don't remember. Was there an email last week where we were saying they were throwing a bunch of shade? I think there was. Uh, I don't remember what it was, though. Um, uh, wasn't trying to be a dick, except to that punk bitch Jeremy. <laughs> my, aunt's, uh, my aunt's smells that I really enjoy are f***ing manly. I smell... Uh, the smell of grinding steel or welding and diesel exhaust. Growing up in Graham, those smells were a constant in my childhood. Yeah, I'm aware they're terrible for you, but you can't help what you like. Amen to that. Uh, so I got an idea for a cop topic. Since people were giving Ted shit for, uh, uh, for evening Harry, it got me thinking. Uh, what decade do you think... Oh, it's probably for being Harry. Uh, what decade do you think you would thrive in? Ted being Harry, uh, being a Harry mofo, rocking gold chains, I'm thinking the 70s. I would love to live in the 80s. Great music, fantastic movies, and the only fear was robots and AIDS. Uh, carry on, compadres, Jaden. Yeah, I'd, I'd be down with the 70s. Catch me at Studio 54. I'd be down with the 70s, the 60s, the 80s. I feel like I'm crushing it right now. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm having a good time. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I know yeah. some people talk about like no offense like yeah, I talk about Demath all the time like I love my high school I had no issue but like we were like oh man this or that like no I don't want to go back there right you know or people talk about like remember when we didn't have much and that was the good old days like was it that fucking yeah. sucked man yeah I remember eating sandwiches out of DB's trash like I'm good yeah yeah there's no nobility <laughs> in poverty <laughs> you know what I mean like it just like I I've been broke before you guys have been broke before like it fucking sucks it's not fun. I mean, to quote a great American poet, uh, I believe the line is, I just want to be broke forever. Yeah, that's some shit no one ever says. g Easy, maybe? True. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I know that's a rapper. <laughs> I don't deal Whenever with you it. hear me say great American poet, it's a rapper. I listened to like seven rap songs this week. I'm very proud of myself. All right. What'd you listen to? Midwest Slang by St. Lunatics. Still so- no Nelly's verse. Purple Pills by D12. Oh, I got sucked down. Ah, oh, damn it. Why would I say this? I went down a Jermaine Dupree rabbit hole. Someone posted, Dude, don't feel bad about that. Someone went, posted a meme. Well, listen, it started with basketball by Lil Bow Wow because someone posted a meme about it. And I listened to that. 
Fabulous's verse is pretty sick in that, by the way. Uh, F-A-B-O-L-O-U-S. And so I listened to Breathe by Fabulous, too. <laughs> and then uh, the other ones were Welcome to Atlanta and Money Ain't a Thing. Uh, and then... Uh, listen- Yo, you should get down on the Welcome to Atlanta remix. I saw it, but I liked the original, but I guess the I original check is out. better. The the remix is fun though, and there's like Diddy up there in New York. They get the Saint Lunatics in the Midwest. Okay. And then Snoop uh, drops a verse for the West Coast. Okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's been fun. I really thought you were gonna hit me with something new. No, <laughs> well, listen no, to seven rap songs. No. <laughs> like No, but we were talking about Atlanta and I was like, did we even bring up JD? Because like dude made some hits. Oh yeah. We're we're talking about right the the golden era. Outcast, and then we brought up like what's going on now and Jeezy. I brought up Jeezy and T.I., but I don't think Jermaine Dupree came up and like, yeah. He didn't. Great episode of Cribs, too. Yeah. Yeah, well that's like a whole podcast, really, if we were talking like, you know, like as things move. I mean, you gotta talk like MF Doom and then like Andre and like all the great lyricists through and like, yeah, man, it's been a been a progression for sure. Bras, I thought you needed more emails sent in. Finally sent one, but you didn't even read it. LOL. Sorry I'm not begging. Oh, Ooh. wow. Right, then now we got Shay. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> bacon, he's just having fun with you, man. Woo. People throwing straight yeah, Shay in this gonna... inbox. Ooh. The drink of summer is whiskey lemonade. Go to your favorite bar and order a double whiskey lemonade in a short glass and enjoy. The bartender will look at you kind of funny because it's uh, really lemonade for color. I only drink this special cocktail in the summer. Uh, cause it can help. What? Oh, cause it can help bring on alcoholism. Oh, God. Now, he, he sent me gonna... a longer email. He was like, "Just be careful." Wait, that's why he only drinks in the summers. He's like, "It's so good, you'll end up drinking oh, this all okay. the time." Okay. We got time for one more. Yes. Hello. So I'm hoping to uh, help in the pancake versus waffle argument. Oh, it's uh, been by the settled. way, I also came up with a great line that I couldn't come up with on this one. Uh. When's the last time you went to an ice cream shop and had a pancake cone? Yeah. Suck it. I mean, when's the last time you got a short stack of waffles? There's many no, waffles. Like oh, clay there's many waffles. Yeah, but you don't get a short stack mm. of them. Right, I gotta write that down. Whatever, dude. I don't know. I mean, it's just no- nomenclature, but... Um, I'm just saying, the waffle is so good. Dessert said, we gotta get involved with it. Did I bring up the <laughs> waffle Monte Cristo? Oh. Before last time I went what? to the Aganus in Ballard, yeah, shout out to the Aganus. Look, no one's saying waffles aren't fancy, okay? Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just better. talking about on behalf of myself and the rest of the proletariat that the pancake is the working don't man's. Don't throw your words breakfast. at me because I don't mm-hmm. understand them. You sound like oh, you're hey, at a, What are you at the Kentucky Derby? Get the thesaurus, the thesaurus out. It's underneath the waffle maker. <laughs> Now, Miles told a story today about having sex with a woman in a trailer. And then he goes, yeah, she made me breakfast. Like, what'd you have? He goes, pancakes. Like, yeah, ah, you that's what I'm talking about. Because you wouldn't dare serve a waffle in a trailer. <laughs> Maybe an ego. Um, <laughs> unless I missed you guys already discussing it. I would put frozen waffled as, uh, I would, there we go. I would put frozen waffles as the working man's choice. Nice. Uh, or whatever his argument for pancakes is. Lego my Maybe, ego. <laughs> Maybe if you have five kids and you need to make breakfast in bulk, uh, we definitely weren't wealthy, but I could have a couple waffles for breakfast. Single parent with two kids, much less time and dishes than pancakes too. Full-time nanny, a.k.a. previously the third shift housekeeper. Oh, nice. That's valid. Did point. you ever eat Eggos still frozen? No, I feel I like I toasted them. I did that a lot. That's I mean, like the people who eat ramen without cooking it. Well, I don't know. I thought they were good, but I also like regular egos, just like cooked and with butter and syrup. But 
I liked them all the way. Without syrups, you could just eat them with your hand. Yeah, I, I loved Eggos growing up. It's been yeah, a long time since I had some, but more proof that waffles are superior. I feel like my generation was like the frozen food generation, too. Like, we had, did you guys ever remember, did you ever have Ilio's Pizza? No, but I've heard you talk oh, about it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I think like you brought square, it up. square, and you break that. I think like, it was a West Coast thing. That was just a thing, man. Like, everything was frozen. Did you microwave that or put it in the oven? Uh, you can put it in the oven or microwave it. Okay. The big thing out here, I would say what hit hard on the West Coast was Hot Pockets from Costco. Yeah, Hot Pockets mm-hmm. are legit. They, like, they had a legit era. So did Red Bull or uh, Red Baron uh, mini pizzas. Yep. I still snack on those occasionally. Got down with those. Mm-hmm. I just really stopped, like, well, it's not great to eat frozen pizzas, but then, like, in the last year, like, consciously, like, I didn't, I didn't get them much, and now when I do, and I don't get it this much, but when I eat a frozen pizza, especially on, like, a Saturday night or something, I get the worst heartburn, like, the next day. I was going to say, Hot like, Pockets, oh. like, I remember eating a lot of them when I was in Baltimore, because I'd just, like, go to CVS, because my buddy Nate worked there, and he'd hook me up, and yeah. uh, so I was eating just drugstore food for most of my time in Baltimore, and, uh... I loved Hot Pockets, and I had some, I don't know, I think from the the Big Brother Cafe at the old spot, but like a lot of years later, and it was a way more of a gut bomb than I remember. Yeah. Boy. Yeah, one of my favorite like guilty breakfasts, I would still say, is Hot Pockets. I mean, uh, Jesus, Pop-Tarts. I still like them. I know they're just disgusting. Right, now, right? Pop-Tart's one like that I rarely will put in the toaster. I'll just eat them out of the box. Oh, yeah, I don't remember the last time I toasted them. in the micro. Them. I never owned toasters, so I feel like I was just throwing them in the microwave. 10, 15 seconds, get the juices flowing. Good to go, baby. Mm. All right, let's check in with what's Matt. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, uh, my bad. Oh, there hey, we go. Man. Good. What's Matt? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's Matt. Hey, hey what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Check out with what's Matt. Hey, hey what's good? What's Matt? Uh, before we get to what's Matt. Hey, hey what's good? What's Matt? Check out with what's happening. Well, I gave myself a long weekend. Uh, we don't need to get all into everything, but I took Thursday off at the uh, gym to go to an Andrew Yang fundraiser up on Capitol Hill and got to get a picture with him. And Cobb, I thought of you because I could tell like, his voice kind of cracked and he was getting a little parched. And I just went over and grabbed him a bottle of water and walked right up and was like, here you go, man. And he was like, as soon as the next person asked a question, he just took a giant pull off it. Like, I was like, read the situation because I know what's up. Because my boy Cobb. Yeah, so that was dope. Got a picture with him. Got him low five certified, which is a big deal for me. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, so Friday, we uh, went to... Uh, my girlfriend and I, she's house-sitting for her dad down in, like, the Burien area, so we went to the Bok Bok down there to try oh, out nice. the Korean fried chicken. It was awesome. We ordered a ton and ended up reheating it the next, some of it the next day because we wanted to try everything. So it's like, get the drumsticks, get the thighs, get the wings, get all the sauces, get the loaded tots and everything, and that was way more food than we needed. But yeah. got to try it all, like, fresh and hot, and it was awesome. So shout-out to Tim Lewis for... Uh, turning us on to that is yeah. awesome. Tim's had a, a impactful yeah. <laughs> interview with him. Yeah. So that was uh, that was great. Then we went up and uh, went up to the rickshaw to meet up with Corey and do some karaoke. Um, I did uh, Feed My Frankenstein by Alice Cooper and the Anthem by Good Charlotte. Like random, not karaoke songs at all, but songs that I like and that I know pretty well. And, uh, you know... I, don't, I wasn't really paying too much attention to what the crowd thought, but I had a great time doing it. Uh, and then the next day, and 
Man, just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Those those same six karaoke songs that you hear every time, it's just like when they come on, I I think that's something that alcohol helps with. Like hearing Bohemian Rhapsody or Sweet Caroline or whatever those other ones are, like not being drunk was like, I think I, I just missed the point. Like I remember enjoying them more in my drinking days when they would come on. But uh, it was still a great night. Like, karaoke is just fun um, if you're with good people and uh, get to get up there and have a, have a good time singing some songs you like. Uh, and then Saturday. I'm just not a karaoke person, but, like, yeah, I can imagine. Like, yeah, it's, like I don't know. But obviously, people are going to sing the same songs over and over. Yeah, and there's somewhere you're like, this is a great idea. This is a good, good song. It's a little bit more obscure. But, like, yeah, there's just a few of those quote-unquote staples where – you know, I just imagine the guy that's hosting karaoke. And granted, I, I, well, I don't know. I don't know if they're drinking or not there. Um, but I'm just like, imagine being a karaoke host. Like, how many times have you heard this? That's why I can't uh, listen to Jimmy Buffett much anymore. It's the oh. first bar I worked at outside of high school. I mean, they, these guys just played Jimmy Buffett over and over and over. Journey. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't any journey all night, surprisingly. We brought that up. Like... We're hearing all the all the classics that you always hear, and no one did Journey, surprisingly. The next day, um, we woke up, ran a couple errands, went back to the Egg and Us. I didn't get the Waffle Monte Cristo this time, but I got a club sandwich on, like, uh, bread that was, I don't know what you'd call it, but they, like, cooked it in egg, almost like French toast, but without the cinnamon, So, which was great, right. because club sandwiches always f*** the roof of your mouth up, right? Yep. Um, because of the toast. Yeah, so this was not toasted, but the bread was like cooked and delicious, and it was awesome. I love the egg and us. Um, and they're not super crowded when we go in there at peak hours, so I'm okay with promoting them. Most most like brunch spots, I'd be hesitant to be giving names out for because I feel like everywhere there's a line on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, that was good. And then we went back to uh, her Tyler's dad's house and listened to the new Gribs Grizz album. Played some cribbage in the backyard. The weather was nice. Um, throwing a, throwing this toy for the dog. Um, and then that night we went to see Duke Evers at the Crocodile for their album release show. Uh, that new album is really, really good. Like the, the poppier side of it, which is largely at the beginning, it really like goes from really poppy and accessible to, to the heavier stuff towards the end, which I like because I feel like a lot of albums start really, like with the punch in the face and then sometimes they'll fizzle out like yeah so it was a great album it was fun to to hear them play all the songs and uh they put on a hell of a live show um so that was a lot of fun justin one of our uh listeners and one of my friends that i've been hanging out with a lot more lately uh was there and then after that we went to the five point uh which was yeah it's just i just love that place and a lot of times i just go there at random hours but that was a that was I feel like I've been there the last few times have been either during the day or when I get off work by myself. And this was like the first time going there like at one in the morning in a long time. And it's a it's a fun little scene. It's so. a different scene. Yeah. So we had a good time there. It's lively. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that might have been the first time you and me- I met was there. It was. Really? Well, we met the night before and then we, we had breakfast that day and then went on an adventure. Wow. So I didn't part. realize it was that historic. I know it's a historic spot in Seattle, but I didn't realize it was like, wow, cool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so it was great. And then the the next day, Sunday, uh, we were all what? <laughs> Nothing, dude. Keep going. Okay. A lot of times I know why I elicit a, a response like <laughs> no, that. Just, like, no, it was just like I was, was going to say something dumb about like, yeah, it's like hearing the story of how your parents met. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't say that. That's stupid. It really is, though. You guys are two of my best friends. We've been doing this thing for five years every week. Like, yeah, no, that's really. Now I got to go back and appreciate that. Appreciate it for that. Um, also, their food's great. Yeah. So <laughs> makes it easy. Oh, and shout out to the crocodile for having Heineken Double Zero. It was my first one having one stateside. How was it? Uh, it's great. I had it out in Amsterdam. I, th- I don't All know right. if you guys remember me talking about it. That was my first time trying it, and I knew they were bringing it to the States. I actually got a sixer at QFC the other day, um, but Saturday night at the Croc was my first time. It was pretty funny. I'm like up to the bar. Uh, Tyler was getting a drink, and I was like, do you guys have non-alcoholic beer? And like, I'm just expecting him to say O'Doul's, which I fucking hate. And she's like, yeah, Heineken. And I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. I'm so – like I just lit up, and uh, yeah, it was great. had a couple of those. Um, so, yeah, that's a great, great non-alcoholic beer. Um, and then, uh, Sunday we went over, or I went over to my mom, my parents' house to celebrate my mom's birthday and her sister's birthday. So the whole extended family was there and just saw everybody, ate a bunch of food, salmon was there, fruit. Uh, I know your mom loves salad. salmon, but I feel like she just eats salmon all the time. Yeah, it was, I mean, I don't know. It was two giant pieces of Copper River. Like, nice. I don't know where they even got it, but it was it was amazing. And then some flank steak and some chicken. Uh, salad was great. Um, and, yeah, my aunt knows all about salad. The salad bar was legit. Like, it had four different types of berries and, like, a bunch of different types of cheeses and nuts and seeds. And the dressing was good. So, yeah, it was it was a good day out there. Um, although I think I was the only one that jumped in the lake. But everybody had a good time, myself included, and it was a great weekend. Nice. Uh, I would also give a shout-out to my buddy Ben Dragovon at the Athletic Training Institute in Bellevue. Uh, I've been going to him to get a little treatment for my back, and he's been helping me out. Oh, cool. Let's yeah, get man. that goal, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's about raising that cup, getting that chip. All right, Matt, it's about that time. Cobb Topic. Cobb Topic. We give a lot of uh, relationship advice on this podcast. Yes, we're the best. Most of it unsolicited. A lot of it bad. <laughs> And none of it from experience. <laughs> but um, so what? this one's mostly mostly for the, the women out there um, of the podcast, but Where is this going? also for the guys if we need, or if, if you've got something. Um, <clears throat> for me, I mean, I, we'll, we'll have to answer for ourselves, but so essentially, what, um, what are some things you would recommend to men to be better boyfriends? And for the guys out there, what are some things you would recommend to women to be better girlfriends? Oh! Feel free to email us. Email, literally the word email, at thepodcast.com. What would you recommend? I mean, I have funny, simple answers, and then I also have, like, real ones. I, You know what? I'll just tell you. I'll, I'll give it to you in meme form. Okay. And I saw this one today. And it's a guy in like a souped up whatever car, right? So it's got all these extra gauges up there and blah, blah, blah. And it said, guys can figure out like a system like this, but they can't figure out their girlfriend. And some guy commented underneath and he said, yeah, but those things actually tell me when something's wrong. 
Communicate with your man, ladies. I, right. I mean, there's just sometimes, right? It's just like, I don't know what you're pissed about if you don't tell me. Yeah, mm-hmm. men are much more literal than women, and our social skills, in my opinion, are not as developed. So it's tough for us to get the subtle hints. And dudes do it with each other, too. But sometimes, like, I've said this to Kyle before. He's heard me say Sometimes I'll, be in, I'll say, hey, man, I'm just venting to you. Right? Like, you, like, you can turn off the switch of trying to help. I'm not asking for help. Man. So I think I've run into that with girlfriends where it's just like we're having the same conversation about a coworker over and over. And my brain is still saying, well, give her this advice or tell her, you know. And How do I fix it? Right. And it's like she doesn't Solutions. want it. She doesn't want it fixed. Like she's just venting. But she she's not going to voice that. Yeah. And that blows that blows men's minds because like rarely amongst men will you bring up something that you don't want help with. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my lawnmower is doing this, whatever. And it's like, yeah, because you would like to hear the other person's thoughts on how to fix it versus just like, yep, just wanted to talk about my lawnmower. So, yeah, I feel like that. For me, I'm the same way. I've always tried to help them solve the problem. It's like, well, don't talk to that coworker anymore. Yeah, it's like, right. She's uh-huh. like, I, I don't, don't hang out with them outside of work. Then, yeah, it's simple. <laughs> also, nothing says I'm sorry like a <laughs> job. It had to be said. Somebody had to don't say it. Bashful. All right, you're blushing, but you don't need to be. <laughs> I am. I'm just like <laughs> your damn podcast. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> What what was the question? We're taking the power back, Matt. What do you got? Yeah, you put me. <laughs> We're taking all the power back. I'm the only one in a relationship here, and my girlfriend listens. And you want me to give advice to women to make their men happier? And like, I don't know how that's. Man, I'm just trying to think of. Believe like, in yourself. A, I'm trying to think of. Okay. Believe in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Believe in yourself is great advice. Um, man, I I want. <laughs> Uh, Believe man. in yourself and tread easily. <laughs> is she hitting you? Why are you so scared right now? No, it's just... <laughs> I'm scared Anything for I now. say yeah. is going to sound like pointed or biased and everything. Um, you know, I think... Well, I think... I've been thinking about this the wrong way since God you asked it. If you say thinking one more I'm time. I'm stalling, <laughs> admittedly. Cobb, I'd like to hear your thoughts while I recollect. Okay. Um, <laughs> mine would be, um, well, mine's also sort of generally, I mean, it's based on the experiences I've had. But, I, yeah, I would say being a l- little bit more um, direct in the conversational style. Like if there's an issue, just saying that literally um, would, be a, would be really helpful um, rather than hinting at stuff for, I understand not wanting to say you want flowers, but. Things like that, um, being a little more direct. If something's making you uncomfortable, um, like another, you know, like um, what's the right way? Like if like some other person in my life is making you uncomfortable because they're a, a threat to you or whatever, like just saying that or like, I don't know. Yeah, I would say communication probably is the biggest one. And then other than that, like just being like more, uh, oh man, I don't know the right word for this. Like being more... Um, men value their freedom. At least I know the three men in this room do. So I would say being like a little bit more hands off. That's not the right way to put it. Like a little, like, I don't know, softer, softer touch and allowing people their autonomy. So one thing my girlfriend's really good about that, uh, Boo. not everyone's been that great with in my past, um, 
is being able to communicate what you want in the bedroom, what you like in a way that is not a threat to uh, to my ego, which men's ego, particularly in the realm of sex, can be very fragile. So you do need to tread carefully with that. But if you can do it, there, like your man wants to satisfy you probably more than you think he does. At least if you have a good one. Um, and, and a lot of guys should listen more. Yeah, right. I, I wanted to take the opportunity. To be like, can I just because I'm in, in a relationship and my girlfriend listens? Can I just give a do- advice to dudes? I would have had, um, but to to women out there, you know, uh, being able to and like I said, the your delivery and how you do it is very important. Um, that is definitely a thing where our ego can can you know lead to adverse reactions. Um, but yeah, being open and honest and communicative about that in a in a way where it's um, where he's gonna where our defense mechanisms aren't gonna fly right up and we're gonna shut down is very helpful. And uh, yeah, that's something that yeah. I mean, I was in a conversation the other day with like. Two women and like a couple dudes about erectile dysfunction, right? So the women's point of view were just like, well, you don't understand how a woman's brains work. Like, like we think it's all about us and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but the guy is so embarrassed, you know, even if it's just because you're drunk, like it just, it turned into this argument more of like, like she was like, no, but you don't understand what it's doing to us. And it's like, it is the worst thing in a guy's life. <laughs> like I, the first time I lost one, I thought like, I was like, I'll never be a real man. This yeah. and that. And it's like, wait a minute. So now are we both arguing who gets to feel worse about this? Like, but nobody will say shit about it to each other. They'll just be like, oh, you're fine. Don't sweat it. And like, all right, let's just never bring it up again. Well, then all I'm going to keep thinking is I better keep a level of excellence every time now. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, I understand how they could take it to you know, in an egocentric way to take it to be commentary on them because, you know, we talk about it on here, but how the media represents women and whatever, they're held to a very high standard and beauty and being attractive is valued highly by our society with women. So I've got to imagine they feel, you know, I shouldn't say just as bad, but they feel pretty bad too if you're... Oh, yeah, um, I'm just saying it's a very, like it's, it's as if it isn't a frustrating thing enough. But just this conversation, just listening to like both sides, be like, well, no, it's more. It's just like, oh my god, yeah. this is why nobody talks about I, it. Yeah, when it's also very common and probably getting more common, especially as like uh, you know people get heavier and like you know more like cardiac issues and stuff like that. I've got and, to imagine, and and the proliferation of porn, I was obviously. Say, yeah, yeah. Well, I the first, t- well, the most impactful time, but like. When I was like, all right, that's it. I'm ordering PEDs from India back before all these new uh, Viagra and Cialis ingredients or D-rate, whatever it is now, there's a lot of- Off-patent. Off-patent. Right, they're they're everywhere. I didn't know how that, you would understand that more than me, but back in my day, you had to just order it from India. Uh, But when I decided to do that, the, the, the situation that led to that was with- what I would say, up until that point anyways, uh, was the most attractive girl I'd ever hooked up with. And like the pressure that I put on myself was so immense that I couldn't even, you know, yeah, get, get it to go. And it was like, what? And then that just wrecked me. And I was like, well, I'm not going to let that happen again. I'm going to go online and Google Indian Viagra. And, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> and he could have just gone to Prem Yodish and had him read his stars or his, st- or his stones or something. 
I don't know what Prem Yodich is. That's that's a joke for maybe one person that has the Willow Channel. <laughs> Prem Prem Yodish. He's on every commercial. Oh, is time. he like the Miss Cleo of the? Uh, yes, that's exactly <laughs> yes, who he is. I love Prem Yodish. Uh, dude, this is something you may not know about me, but I love Miss Cleo, man. Oh, I got to get you into Prem Yodish. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's it's constant, like Prem Yodish. I can like I can hear his voice in my head. I can help you with this. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, if you need help, I I don't know. Maybe call Prem. <laughs> There's episode two six one eight hundred. Hopefully next week, I come to this podcast after drinking the sweet juices from the cup of victory in public. Yeah, boy. But either way, we'll be back for episode two sixty five for FCTP for Cobb the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>